Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I hope you all are doing well. Today, I wanted to hop on here and kind of share an episode that I felt called to share. And I know this may not be an episode that everyone is going to care to listen to, but it is one that has been weighing really heavy on my heart as of lately. And I figured if I could just share this message, my personal journey, then maybe it could help someone who has also been going through something similar. And to be honest, I just find it really therapeutic for me to share my experiences on here. So yeah, here's just hoping that me opening up about this and sharing my own tips and my own struggles and what's helped me get through these struggles will help someone else who may be dealing with something similar. Or, you know, it may just help somebody who has someone in their life who is struggling with infertility and maybe this can help I don't know, bring awareness, help you to navigate supporting that person, um, whatever it may be. So yeah, the experience I'm going to be sharing is infertility, my struggle with infertility, my journey with trying to conceive, how I've been navigating it, and just helpful tips for those who might have someone in their own life who struggles with infertility and how you can just support them and, you know, be there for them through the difficult journey. Because I do find that, you know, I feel like a lot of people want to show up and support people who they know in their own life who struggles with infertility, but maybe they feel like they can't really show up and support them because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or triggering them in some certain way. And so instead they choose not to really show up or be supportive, which I think can also have a negative effect as well on the person who is struggling because it is so easy to feel so alone in this process. And so, yeah, this is how I know I definitely need to continue to go to therapy over this because I'm getting a little bit emotional. So I definitely am going to be doing that. And honestly, I went back and forth on if I even wanted to do an episode on this or not because I think that the hardest part for me when it comes to this journey is not wanting to feel like a burden to others. And, you know, that's something I've always tended to do. I would never share my feelings or open up and be vulnerable with a lot of people in my life because... I didn't want people to feel bad for me. I didn't want to feel like I was complaining. I didn't want to feel like I was being negative. I didn't want people to feel weighed down by my problems, you know, because especially because people around me, they have their own problems, their own struggles, and just something inside of me makes me feel like bad for sharing my struggles with someone close to me. And so, that's something I'm really trying to also work on. Like, it's so easy for me to just come on here and spill my guts like it's a freaking diary or something. I don't know why, but it's like, it maybe it's just because, again, I just know, like, what people in my own life are struggling with and I don't want them to feel weighed down by it. And at least through a podcast episode, you're choosing to listen and, or you're choosing not to listen if it's too annoying or too, like, bogged downish. And again, this is all, you know, part of the struggle, part of the process, learning how to talk 
about my struggles without invalidating myself and shaming myself and all of that. So I'll be talking about all of that. But but yeah, ultimately, what this journey has really taught me is that it is okay to ask for help, to ask for support, and to know that you do not have to struggle alone. And one in six struggle with infertility. One in six. That is a large percentage. So I know that I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only one going through this, but also when you're not really surrounded by people who are struggling and you're kind of surrounded by people who are unexpectedly becoming pregnant or getting pregnant as soon as they start trying, it can be a little bit hard for you to like kind of grasp the fact that you're not the only one struggling, right? Because in your reality, you're not seeing as many people struggling, but that doesn't mean that other people aren't also struggling with this. And I also feel like this in general can relate to anyone who struggles with anything mentally, who feels as if they have to keep that struggle to themselves and to not burden someone else with their problems. But the thing is, When you don't seek out help or support, that pain and that mental exhaustion, it can consume you and you should not have to struggle alone and it can feel like no one around you gets it or cares, but I promise you so many people do. So many people do want to, to show up to support and help, but maybe they don't know exactly the right way to show support. So sometimes we have to ask for what we need from someone and that in itself can be really hard because... Of course, ultimately, we wish that people would just automatically know what we needed from them, that people would automatically know that we would want them to check in with us or whatever else. But at the end of the day, sometimes people don't always show up and check in because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or they don't know what it is you really need from them. So when you can tell them what you need, it makes it that much easier. And I know that can be frustrating or annoying or whatever else, but people aren't mind readers either. And we're, we're not always able to know how we need to show up for someone. So ask for support, ask for help. And therapy, like I always said, has been so helpful for me. And I want to continue to encourage anyone who is struggling to seek out help and seek out support. But yeah, when it comes to infertility, it really can feel like such a lonely process. There has been So many days when I have just felt super frustrated because I just want someone to understand where I'm coming from. But the truth is no one really can understand unless they have been dealing with infertility too. And even then, each person's journey with infertility, it's going to be different. It's going to be challenging. No one journey with infertility is the same. And so with Mother's Day tomorrow, this can be a very triggering holiday for those who are struggling with infertility or loss, which is kind of what inspired me to share this episode. So I guess where I can start is from the beginning of my journey and where I am at currently with all of it. In the beginning, I kind of had this feeling that I was going to struggle and I don't know why. I don't know why I felt like I knew I was going to struggle to conceive, but I remember my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, he would always reassure me like, oh no, don't worry, like as soon as we try, we're gonna get pregnant, like it's gonna be fine. And I remember just being like, I don't know if it is. I kind of feel like it might not be. And 
I don't know, call it what mother's intuition or whatever. I really don't know. But I just knew kind of always that I was going to struggle. And before I had even started trying to become a mom, there was a point in my life where I was super depressed. I was not in a great state mentally, but yet so badly wanted to be a mom. I was not even married yet. We were broke. We were living paycheck to paycheck. And yet I really wanted to be a mom. For whatever reason, I just had this feeling inside of me that was like, I want to be a mom right now. I cannot wait. And so I would continuously test, even though we were taking precautions to not get pregnant. I mentally, honestly struggled so, so hard mentally that I was convincing myself I was pregnant, even though we weren't even trying. We were using protection and I was buying all of these pregnancy tests just to take the test. And I was like, I swear I can see a line. I can see a line. I can see it. I know I'm pregnant. I know I'm pregnant. And I wasn't. And I remember like this one point where I had convinced myself that I was pregnant. And then all of a sudden I had these really sharp, sharp pains. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What is going on? I have to go to ReadyMed. So, you know, my boyfriend, now husband, he took me to ReadyMed and they wanted to do like a CAT scan or whatever to kind of see what was going on within my, they, they were thinking maybe like appendicitis or something like that. It was either a CAT scan or an MRI. I'm forget which one is for that. But regardless, I remember being like, wait, I I can't do that because I'm pregnant and I don't want it to affect the baby. I think I'm pregnant. And they kind of looked at me like super concerned and confused because they had had me pee in a cup before even doing anything. And they're like, "Uh, no, you're in fact not pregnant. And I remember just crying and getting pushed into this CAT scan, MRI, whatever it was, thing crying and just feeling so against my will going into this machine being so sad thinking that I'm losing my baby that I did not even have like that was how bad my mental state was at the time and that was when we weren't even trying but then fast forward to when a couple years later we were at a better spot financially I guess you could say but still not at the greatest spot we were still living in a toxic environment and we definitely needed to make a lot of changes in before we became parents. But we were doing like methods to protect ourselves. But like, okay, TMI pull out method, right? But yet everybody that I know who does this method somehow unexpectedly becomes pregnant. And we never had a scare like that. So that in itself kind of made me think, okay, like I don't, like I think I'm going to have a problem conceiving a child because we have never had a scare. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of how I th- like how I came about thinking that we would be struggling to conceive a child. So yeah, maybe my mindset also plays a huge part in this whole journey. I really don't know. But ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a mom. It was something I so badly wanted to be. And so fast forward to our wedding day. And this was... April 16th, 2021. And we were now living in a house that we bought and we had, you know, found financial stability and we felt so ready to have a child. And now we were married and on our wedding night, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we get to finally like try, try. And I cannot wait to be a mom. And so we tried 
And then we went on our honeymoon and I remember like automatically I got in my head and I was like, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have some symptoms, da 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 like, I just, and I kept envisioning this child in my stomach, I cannot wait, I cannot wait to take a test, like, after the two-week wait, and this is so great, and then I took the test, and it was negative, and I got my period, and that was when I, I was like, okay, well, not many people are able to conceive on their first try, so I'm gonna not internalize this, then the next month came, and then it was the next month, and then it was the next month and the next month. And then we, we were up to six months now of negatives. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't have a baby. That's automatically where my mind went. I can't have a baby. I can't conceive. My worst fear is coming true. I'm not gonna be able to be a mother. And uh, it's just, it's a heartbreaking feeling when you so badly want something, but continuously keep getting rejected keep getting told like, nope, this is not your time. It's not your time. Not yet. Nope, nope, nope. And so about, I want to say it was like six or eight months in. And to be honest, it's a blur now because now we are two years into this process. Um, But about like six or eight months in, I had reached out to my doctor and I was like, listen, like I've been struggling to conceive and I really want a baby and I, I just want to take the next steps. Like, we weren't allowed to really be seen until the one year mark. So I guess that's kind of like the thing, like you have to be trying for at least one year before you can be seen really and tested by doctors. At least that's what the doctors were telling us. And so I was like, crap, like, okay, fine. And so then we finally like hit the one year mark, which I really wish we didn't have to, but of course we did. And that was when we started seeing a specialist. And so we go into the specialist and we get all of these tests done. It was like blood work and ultrasounds and looking at my my follicles and my ovaries and all of that. Oh, and of course, like my husband got tested too, you know, sperm count, whatever, mobility, all that stuff. And then I just remember being like, okay, we have this set day. We had a set day to basically go on Zoom and get our results back from all of these tests that we took. And so I show up on the Zoom call that was scheduled and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and they never showed up. And I was like, what the hell? Okay, where are you? And so it was about like almost an hour or so, like over the scheduled time, maybe like 30, 45 minutes. And that's when I called them and I was like, hi, I'm just waiting for somebody to come on to give us our test results. Just wondering like what's going on. But unfortunately they didn't even answer the phone. So I had to leave a message. And then they had finally called me back and they were like, oh, like we canceled the scheduled meeting because you still need to get this one specific test done that you haven't gotten done yet. And so at this point, I was kind of pissed. I was a little bit frustrated because one, they never told me that they were canceling this call. So right there in itself, I showed up for this call waiting and waiting and waiting and nobody came and nobody told me about this, that the cancellation. Two, yeah, cool. I have to take another test. Sure. But what about all of the other tests that I just took? What about all the other tests that I'm paying for? I want to know the results to those tests. How are my hormone levels? How are my ovaries? What do my follicles look like? How is my husband's sperm? Like, I want to know all of these things and they weren't telling me because I had yet to take this other test that they wanted me to take. And so now I'm frustrated and kind of annoyed. So I'm like, all right, well, the specific test they wanted me to take 
I'm trying to remember what it was called. I'm having a blank. But essentially, it's a test where they go in, they like dilate you, they put in some dye to see if your fallopian tube is blocked. Trying to remember what the test is called. Can't remember what it's called. But essentially, I had done, this is my fault, I had done prior research and saw other people's experiences with this specific test and their feedback was terrifying, essentially. (laughs) Like a lot of people talked about how they were basically passing out and how painful it was and how, you know, it was like the worst experience ever going through that test. So now I have fear and I have... I have this strong fear of physical pain and I know that sounds crazy because I want to have a baby and that is physical pain in itself. But at this point, I hadn't had a baby in me yet. So my fight or flight kind of came on and I was like, I'm a little bit scared of this. So I'd rather just know like if it's something else, like is it my husband's sperm or is it my hormone levels or is there something else I can do before having to actually go through with this test to see if my fallopian tube is blocked. Essentially, they did not like that answer, so they would not give me my test results until I went through and paid for this other test. And that's another thing. With infertility, the journey is so freaking expensive. It's actually so sad that we have to dish out all of this money where other people are able to just conceive naturally and not have to spend a shit ton of money on trying to get pregnant. And I know that sounds salty and maybe it is because it's just really fucking frustrating. It's really frustrating to know that I have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on tests and procedures without even knowing if any of this is actually going to pay off and work because there are people who have paid for many IVF like transfers and all of those things and didn't ever end up pregnant. So it's really sad to me that we have to go through that. And I just did not want to have to do that test yet, personally. But anyway, at this point, when I finally got to talk to them about the test, you have to be on like a certain day of your cycle, I guess, in order to get this procedure done. And I, at this time, I I missed my period, essentially. So at this point, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like this is the first time I've ever missed my period. My fingers were crossed. Like I had never missed my period before, ever. My period has been late, like maybe one or two days, but never more than that. And at this point, I was like four days late. So I had some hope, but at the same time, I didn't because I was taking pregnancy tests and they were negative. So... I was like, this is weird. Maybe I'm not actually pregnant and something's up, you know, with my cycle this time. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's whatever. But when I had told them this, they were like, come in and we're going to do an ultrasound and we're going to see, you know, if you're pregnant or not. So I go in, I get this ultrasound done and the ultrasound ends up being different than what I thought. I go in and I'm talking to like the, uh, I'm blinking on the specific words now, the te- the person who does the ultrasound, the tech, the, I don't know what they call them at this point. My mind is just all over the place. Um, but I go to her and I was like, yeah, so I'm here today to see like if I'm pregnant. And she was like, um, no, that's not what we have you down for. That's not the procedure we have you down for. We have you down to look at your ovaries and your follicle count and all of that. Like essentially repeating the test that I had already done prior that they never gave me my test results for. So at that point I was frustrated. I was like, 
okay, this is not what I thought was happening, but I'm here, so I might as well just do it. And so she goes in with, it was an internal vaginal ultrasound, and all of a sudden, she's in there, and it hurts, like, so bad, like, excruciating pain that I had never experienced before, and I had never experienced, I had this same test done, and never felt like this, so I'm telling her, I'm like, honestly, like, this is hurting a lot, and I feel dizzy, I feel like I'm gonna pass out, I feel nauseous, can you please stop, and then she was like, oh, no, don't worry, everything's fine, I'm just gonna keep going, you know, it'll be done soon, and I was like, no, but wait, like, you have to stop, you have to stop, and then all of a sudden, I'm, like, panic crying, now my body is in panic mode, because it hurts so bad, I feel nauseous, I feel sick to my stomach, I am in so much pain, I'm screaming, I'm crying, my mom is standing there, she's trying to help me through it, but at the same time, I'm like, you have to get this out of me, you have to get this out of me, and she would not stop, and then finally, she was done, as soon as she took the wand out, I literally got up and ran to the sink, I'm standing there basically naked, and I just start vomiting into the sink profusively, and I think I was doing that for a solid 30 minutes of just throwing up, feeling lightheaded, feeling dizzy, feeling pain in my abdomen and my ovaries it hurt so fucking bad I don't even know how to explain it but the pain was so real and it was nothing I've ever experienced before and it was kind of embarrassing and kind of like a very vulnerable state for me because I felt disrespected I felt violated I felt like she wasn't respecting my boundaries I told her to stop she didn't and then here I am super sick and throwing up so that happened and then I went home And a couple days later, they had called me with the results of that, telling me that, you know, like, I'm sorry, but you're actually not pregnant. It's possible that you had a very, very early on loss, and that is why your cycle is late, but there's no way of knowing or telling. So, you know, maybe something's up with your cycle this, this time around. We're not sure, but keep an eye on it, and your period should start soon, hopefully. And so, That was a lot for me to process and experience. And at that point, I kind of felt let down in so many different ways. I kind of felt let down by the nurses, by the people who, you know, the specialists who withheld results from me in the first batch and then the specialists who went against my wishes, who didn't respect my boundaries, who didn't respect me saying no and stop. And now I'm paying for all of these bills where I really felt like I never really got any answers to begin with. I finally got my hands on the test results. They gave me like the written results basically that showed all of this random shit that I didn't understand. Like I did not know how to read the results in general. So I had to, I started Googling a lot of it. Even then I was still confused. So then I went to my primary, um, like my OBGYN and kind of asked for help from her to help me read, you know, through the results. And even she was a little bit confused about the results. But ultimately at the end of the day, what I found out was that, you know, my husband supposedly the secretary told us that his sperm looked fine. But then again, it was the secretary who told us. 
we never actually got those results interpreted for us. And then I got told that my hormone levels seemed okay, my follicle count seemed okay, and my OBGYN looked at me and she's just like, I don't understand because you don't look like the person who would struggle to conceive. And I remember just being like, what? What does that even mean? I don't look like the type of person who would struggle to conceive. Like, okay, great. But guess what? I am. I am struggling to conceive. So I don't know what you want to do with that info. So ultimately, I felt super frustrated in the process so far. So I decided to put all of it on pause. I decided to put the doctors on pause and the testing on pause because mentally I was at a point where I felt so let down by every doctor and frustrated with every doctor and I just did not want to have to deal with the tests anymore. I didn't and and the thing is is I didn't even really go through that many tests but the tests that I did go through brought on so much emotional and physical stress and just pain that it kind of ruined the experience for me and not that I really expected the journey to be easy or for it to feel great because I know that's not the case but I definitely had to kind of take a step back to process what I was going through and I had to be honest with myself uh, about where I felt mentally and physically and at that moment I felt like I could not move forward And even financially, I'm still paying off bills that are from those tests. And, you know, once those are paid off, then maybe I'll feel comfortable to move forward and find a new doctor and find a new team that hopefully can support me better than the last one. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And we're two years into this now. And I've just been trying to navigate the triggers that come up, the anxiety, the frustration, the pain, the grief, the sadness, all of it is just, it's a lot. And I never really wanted to ever go through this. Nobody ever wants to go through this journey. And I, I always tell my husband, I, you know, there's days where, and again, like this affects intimacy, right? Because now you're kind of having sex with a goal in mind, I guess, and that kind of takes away the fun of it. And you know, it's so easy for people who aren't going through this journey to say things like, you know, you're stressing too much. Stop stressing. Maybe you're trying too hard or, you know, you can't just plan it. You can't just, you know, you have to just be in the moment, have fun again, enjoy it, enjoy the process, have faith, have hope, you know, It's so easy to say that when you're not living it, right? Because I wish I knew. I wish I knew how to just have fun. I wish I knew how to not think about it. I wish I knew how to not try. Because in the back of my mind, I'm I'm thinking things like, well, if I'm not trying, then how is it going to happen, right? Because if it's not happening when I'm ovulating, and it's not happening when I'm trying, then how the hell is it going to happen when I'm not? And how am I supposed to not be stressed out? Have you ever been through this where you want something so badly, but it's not happening? How do you not stress over that, right? It's really hard for people who aren't going through it to understand what it's actually like. And I try to have a lot of compassion for those who give me advice like that, who tell me like, 
you know, you know, stop trying so hard. Or, you know, the, the best one is, well, if you want, you can come and like see my kid. You can come and have my baby, play with my baby whenever you want. And, I, and again, this is probably why people struggle so hard to be there and support people who are struggling with infertility because, again, how do you know what is the right thing to say? They say these things thinking that it's helpful, but in reality, it doesn't necessarily bring the support that we truly need and want. And so that's why it's so important to really speak up about what kind of support that you really do need from people around you. And for me, it's really just having somebody listen to me when I'm having a hard day, when I'm triggered, you know, supporting me, telling me like, it's okay that you're feeling the way that you do. Because I think for me, what I struggle so hard with is invalidating the way that I feel feeling like I'm overreacting, feeling like I'm making a big deal out of something that, you know, shouldn't be a big deal. You know, people tell me all the time, you're still so young, you have so much life ahead of you, there's still time to try and there's still time to be a mom. But that doesn't help me either because I want to be a mom now. I always dreamed of being a young mom and nothing against moms who are older. And, you know, if that is the path that I'm unfortunately going to have to take, then that's the path that's going to happen for me. But at the same time, telling me that I'm still young and I still have time, that does not help. It makes me frustrated because I want my baby now. I want to be a mom now. And I don't, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's hard for me to wrap my head around why I'm not allowed to be a mom now how is it that other people are allowed to be a mom now and I'm not and I think that is the grief the pain the struggle of this journey how is it that other people are allowed to be a mom now and I'm not and that's something that this journey really has me reflecting on, right? Within myself, finding within myself, I should say, how to be at peace with the weight, how to be at peace with patience, how to be at peace with divine timing. And the hardest part about divine timing when it comes to infertility and trying to conceive and this journey to motherhood for me has been There is no guarantee. There is no guarantee that I will be able to get pregnant. And there is no guarantee that this is all going to work out for me. So I really have to tune into faith and trust that this is all happening for me. That there's a reason as to why it's not happening right away. That there's a reason as to why the process is delayed and... Finding peace in that is so hard when you know that it's not guaranteed. So yeah, I did not expect to just get so emotional like that, but that is something that happens with this journey is that there's so many emotions that come up that you have to allow yourself to just release and let go of and and process and not feel ashamed or guilty over. Because there has also been so many points throughout this journey where I have shamed myself, where I have said, you know, it's my fault that I'm not pregnant, like I could do this better, I could do that better, or, you know, but then I start comparing myself, like, well, this person 
you know, doesn't always have the healthiest of habits, but they're pregnant. So, I mean, why is it that the way I'm living my life is affecting my chances of getting pregnant? And again, everybody everybody's body is different and I have to just acknowledge that in this journey you cannot compare yourself and that was something I struggled with for so long I was comparing myself to other people who have been getting pregnant and I was comparing my timeline to everybody else's timeline and that's not fair it's not fair for me it's not fair for them my journey is my own unique journey and there's a reason as to why it's unfolding the way that it is And I have to keep leaning into that. And I think that's truly the only way that I can find inner peace in all of this. And I'm trying to show up more in gratitude. Because I find gratitude is a huge part, a huge component of this entire journey. Being grateful for what I do have rather than what I don't. And being grateful for the free time that I have, right? The freedom that I have right now. Because I do know I'm not naive. I do know that motherhood comes with responsibility. And it comes with, you know, a lack of the freedoms that you maybe have before you become a mother. And trying to be grateful for my marriage with my husband and to enjoy the time that we have together to continue healing before welcoming in a child. All of these things that I'm, I'm working on being more and more grateful for that maybe I was lacking before, like lacking gratitude towards beforehand. And so really, you know, that fear of the unknown, fear of knowing if it's going to actually happen or not, the fear of financial restrictions, right? Like if the only possible way for me to get pregnant is through IVF or, you know, or maybe it is, it comes down to like, we have to adopt. I mean, I would always love to adopt. Of course, I dream of having my own children as well. But even then, again, it's financial. It's financial restrictions and making sure you have the finances to be able to do all of these steps. And not everybody is blessed with that. And Again, that is something else that really frustrates me. The fact that if you're not in a space financially, then you don't have access to certain things that other people with money have access to. And then I think the next hardest thing for me has been feeling like everyone around me is progressing, whereas I feel stagnant. I have friends who are getting pregnant and... I am over the moon thrilled for them. I talked about this in the last episode um, when I found out that a a close friend of mine is pregnant and dealing with the emotions that came up during that because it is really hard when someone you love is getting exactly what you want. You want to show up for them and be happy and be supportive in that. But at the same time, it reminds you of what you so badly want that you do not have. So trying to navigate those emotions, realizing that you can be happy for someone while also feeling sad for yourself, while also processing the pain and difficulties that come through being triggered in that moment. And I've had to learn how to set boundaries. I actually found that I was doing a lot of things that were provoking these triggers. Like I watch a lot of YouTube and there's a lot of channels that I follow. And ironically, a lot of the YouTubers that I've been following for years now have been getting pregnant. So it's like one after another announcing their pregnancy. And I'm like, shit, everybody around me right now is getting pregnant and I'm not. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like the universe has this way of 
Whenever we're getting closer to our manifestation or whenever we are wanting something so badly, we are noticing it all around us, right? Like for example, let's say you really want a new car and it's a specific type of car you want. You're so focused on wanting it that you start noticing it everywhere because that's what your mind is focused on, that it's becoming more and more like dialed in to that to the point where you're actually noticing it more because that's what your mind is focused on, if that makes sense. And so I try to keep the faith believing that these are signs from the universe saying like, don't worry, your turn is coming soon. It's going to be your turn soon, right? And another weird sign was that one of my close, my close friend who just told me she was pregnant, which I'm really so excited for her. She's going to be a great mom, but her due date is my husband's birthday. So I was like, well, that's interesting. So I'm just, I'm taking these things as signs and synchronicities and trying to be optimistic and hopeful about it all. But I can't help but still, you know, have to process those triggers because I'm still going through it. I'm still not all the way. And and like I said, you're never fully healed from things that you're going through, right? It's always a journey in itself. There's always going to be moments where you're getting re-triggered and kind of being compassionate with yourself when you get re-triggered. Another thing that infertility has really made me struggle with is delaying events in my life or delaying travel or delaying just constantly struggling with the delaying and putting off things because I have this feeling of, well, what if I'm pregnant, right? So for example, my husband and I, we were talking about like going to Disney and I remember being so skeptical about planning the trip to Disney because I was like, well, what if I become pregnant? And then all of a sudden I can't go on all of the rides because now I'm pregnant. So there were a lot of things in my life that I put off because I was like, well, what if I become pregnant? And so trying to navigate that is also a little bit difficult. And I've been letting go a lot more now that we're at the two-year mark. And it's just like, all right, how much longer am I going to delay, like, enjoying my life? <laughs> like, you can only delay it for so long before you sh- you truly are in a state of complete like survival and just trying to like go through the day-to-day life, which I do a lot. I find myself disassociating or disassociating. I don't know if I said that right, but I find myself doing that a lot throughout the day where I'm just like spaced out, not even like tuned in. I feel like I'm having this outer body experience and that I'm just existing because I'm just mentally so drained and burnt out. And it's not just the infertility journey that's contributing to that, of course, but of course it does contribute to it. And then I guess the other thing that really was stressful for me is just, you know, so badly wanting to know what it feels like to finally look at like a test and be like, holy shit, it's my turn. I can celebrate Like, let's celebrate this miracle. I'm pregnant. This is so exciting. I'm going to be a mom. I can't believe this. Really wanting to feel that so badly. And that's another thing that is hard when people like share their finding out that they're pregnant videos. I have to really tell myself like, stop watching them. You know, it's going to trigger you. But yet I still watch them because I'm like so happy for them. But then also it's kind of like, I crave this like need to be in my emotions and my feels about it. It's so toxic. I'm like, you have to set boundaries. If you know something is going to trigger you, don't watch it. Don't do it. 
you know, I just received a baby shower invitation. And again, I'm so excited for my husband's cousin. But at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, here again, I'm getting triggered again. Like everybody around me is celebrating their babies. They're becoming moms. And here I am and I'm not. And it sucks. But It's like really having to make sure that you are setting boundaries and not doing things that you know will trigger you and learning how to show up and support people who are pregnant without really putting yourself in a place where you're going to really hurt yourself mentally because your mental health is so, so important and it's okay to set boundaries and show up and be there while also setting boundaries. And then I guess the last thing I could really say about this all is how to deal with not losing sight of your relationship in the process because again, it is really draining on your on your intimate life. It's really draining on your relationship. I feel extremely lucky because I have such a supportive husband who is so supportive. He never blames me for anything, which if your partner is blaming you for it, then that should be a red flag in itself that you should, I, I would just reconsider who you're with. But ultimately, like having a supportive partner has been so great in this process Um, But there have been really hard moments, especially when it comes to our intimacy and, you know, moments where after we've had an intimate moment, I just cry because I'm so frustrated with the way that my mind goes, the way that my mind thinks. And I'm reflecting on the fact that why I really so badly want to have a child and why I'm not. And then all of a sudden we just had a great intimate moment and here I am bawling my eyes out. It's like, he must be like, what is going like the the 180 of your emotions is just insane. But that's really what this journey does to you. It puts you through so many emotions and you so badly just want to feel okay. And it's like, it's really hard to get to a place where you are at peace with the journey. And I ask myself every day, I'm like, well, when will I be able to find peace with the journey? And who knows if that'll ever come. It's a work in progress. It's therapy. It's working through the triggers and the fears and the unknowns and holding on to faith and having communication with your partner for sure, communicating what you need. Because I think it's also important to know that like as the woman who is carrying the baby, who is meant to carry the baby, your partner is also going through this with you. Your partner is also really so badly wanting to have a baby. And I I feel like it's probably really hard for you know, the, the the other partner to know how to navigate this as well while honoring their emotions, supporting you, and making sure that, you know, you're both feeling supported in the journey because it is both of your journeys. But I do think that there is a component of it that feels really hard for the moms because they so badly want their body to be able to like house this baby and then there's just for whatever reason it's not happening and that can feel really like like it's all of your fault. But also it can take a toll on the man as well because 
they have to make sure, they have all this pressure, I should say, this pressure to show up, to perform, to make sure that they're meeting you when you're ovulating and to make sure that they're able to, you know, it's like you kind of lose the spark. It's kind of like you lose the motivation and the drive because you could be ovulating, but then like it just like, what if you're not in the mood or what if you don't want to or what if like sometimes tracking it takes the fun out of it, but yet at the same time you have this stressed out mind that is like, well, if I don't track it and if I don't like have sex on this day during this time or during ovulation, then we're going to miss our chance for that month and we're going to have to start all over again. And it feels like for freaking ever, that waiting period feels like forever. Then you have the two week wait and then you have your period and then you start over and it's like, it's so draining. It really is. So I think the best thing that I can say is just to continuously communicate, to set aside date nights, to set aside times where you're connecting with each other, where sex is off the table completely and you're just able to have like a fun, intimate moment in a different way where it's not like sex. And to also kind of have moments where you're allowing yourselves to be spontaneous with your sex life again and to try not to always just have sex during your ovulation but also like have sex during moments that allow you to be spontaneous right but everybody's sex life is different everybody's intimacy is different intimate life is different and this journey is different for everybody so at the end of the day you really just have to be easy on yourself you have to be compassionate with yourself and The best thing that you can do for someone who you know is struggling with infertility in your life is to reach out to them and just be like, I just want you to know that I am here for you through this journey and just let me know what you need from me or how I can support you and I will do that for you and I will be there for you. And sometimes all it is is just being a shoulder to cry on. It's just being there to validate their emotions to let them know that, you know, yeah, it is freaking hard and that you know you're there with them to get through this together and that they're not alone and that they have someone that they can always cry to and vent to and and I know that's also it can be stressful when somebody in your life is struggling and you know it's not your responsibility to take on anybody else's emotions so don't ever feel like you have to take on the emotions of somebody who's struggling in your life but I just think that it's really important to show that you care and just to let people know that you're there for them if they need you and I think that in itself makes somebody feel so seen and so heard and Honestly, that's just all I've really needed in this process is just, you know, for some for someone to reach out like tomorrow's Mother's Day, like checking in and being like, hey, I know this is a hard day for you. I just want you to know that I'm here and that uh, I support you. And at the end of the day, I know that, you know, one day you're going to have that beautiful baby in your arms and it's going to be the best fucking day ever. And you're, you're so deserving of that. But However you need to feel supported and loved today, let me know. And yeah, so that has been my journey so far, my real raw emotional ups and downs journey. And I'm just trying to navigate it while also taking care of myself, while also being there for other people, while also trying to maintain a business, keep myself afloat financially. It's just, it's been a lot, but this is why I love my podcast so much because I feel like it's a great outlet for me to just come on here and be vulnerable and to share my thoughts and to just know that, you know, even if like one person listens and finds it helpful, 
that to me means so much to me because at the end of the day, I know what it's like to feel alone and to feel like unseen and unsupported. And I just want to be able to help other people who maybe struggle with feeling the same way. So I know this was different than my usual episodes. Um, It really was just me venting mostly. But I hope in one way or another, it helped you if you have been going through a similar journey and just know that I have so much faith in the world that one day, whatever is meant to be is going to be, whether that is me finally conceiving my first child or me adopting a beautiful baby that needs a loving family, whatever it may be, I just know that I am meant to be a mom some way, somehow. I know that. And if you feel a similar way, there are I just want you to know that your moment, I'm praying so hard for you and I see you and I feel you and I'm supporting you. And if you ever need somebody to talk to, like my DMs are open. I find that it's actually so great when somebody listens to an episode like this and they resonate with it and they reach out to me and they're like, oh my God, like I'm going through the same thing. Thank you for sharing. Like this is what I'm struggling with. Like I am here for you. Okay, so my DMs are open. If you are struggling with your infertility journey and you just want somebody to talk to who can relate, like hit me up because I'm your girl. All right, well, that is it for today. And, you know, for all the moms out there, you deserve to be loved and cherished every day of the freaking year, more than just Mother's Day. But I am sending you so much love on this Mother's Day. And for anybody who has struggled with loss and fertility or has struggled with a strained relationship with your mom or the loss of a mother, like Mother's Day can be so triggering for so many. And I just want you to know you are not alone and I am sending you so, so much love. All right, guys, until next time. (laughs) 